tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Welcome to this week's episode of Board Chitless. Uh, today we've got Thomas Pike on the show with us. Thomas Pike is a game designer and publisher for Themeborn, who were based in Nottingham here in the UK. And their very popular Kickstarter board game, Escape the Dark Castle, is currently smashing its second print run campaign on Kickstarter right now, replete with expansions too. After 10 years in games distribution, Themeborn owner Thomas Pike worked as a games critic and editor before founding the company back in 2016. I met Thomas at UK Games Expo, where his stand was constantly busy, but he still managed to fit in time to say hello and have a chinwag with me. And since he's such a top bloke, we had to get him on the show. So, Thomas, thanks for coming on today. How the devil are you doing? Thanks very much for having me. Doing very well. Obviously very busy in the middle of a, of a Kickstarter that's doing well, so I'm um, head spinning a little bit, but um, good to have, uh, have some time to have a cup of coffee and a chat. So. Brilliant. Cool. Okay, well, well, we'll come to the Kickstarter in a second. The first thing I was going to ask you was, how was your experience of UK Games Expo this year? It was fantastic. I mean, we expected it to be good because uh, we, we launched the game originally at UK Games Expo in 2017, which was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so we were going back expecting it to be good, but it exceeded our expectations. From our personal point of view, the demand for our game and the number of wonderful people that we met who came to play and, and, and hang out at the stand and have fun was just fantastic to, to see. Um, so, yeah, uh, can absolutely positive review of that that show it's fantastic it's a really big event now isn't it i think it's like twenty two thousand visitors this year or something like that yeah crazy yeah. numbers um, it is but it still has a nice nice feel to it it hasn't got sort of unwieldy yet i think it's still got a nice atmosphere it's a good sort of fun friendly and family show yeah there's loads of space for gaming it's not all just trade i don't know if you've been to essen where it's all just literally you buy the games and then you go, you know, there's, there's nowhere to, sort of, to break out and play what you just yeah. bought, sort of thing. Yeah, there's people playing games on on, a, on the floor in the aisles at Essen, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> Expo does a really good job of skewing some of that space towards open play, so yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, and uh, it looked like your stand was constantly busy. I, it, I assume you shifted a fair amount of stock over the weekend. We did, that was the first show that we were actually selling Escape the Dark Castle, um, because obviously the previous show we were just crowdfunding it, so it was great to actually be able to have people have the full experience. They could see it walking past, think, oh, that looks cool, they could sit down and play it, and then if they wanted to, they were able to walk away with it there and then, so that was a great, great thing to be able to offer. Definitely. Um, and yeah, the tables were just full the whole time, from from one minute after opening till a little bit after closing, they were up, they were that's brilliant. I mean, it's so much easier selling an actual products that people can tangibly touch them rather than just giving them the dream pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's really important. I think that you know people come to that to the show to to get that you know hands on you know, in in the flesh experience in person. And I think that's that's what you have to offer. Definitely. Yeah, we um, I made a mistake this year. We we're in the middle of fulfilling three projects at the moment, so we didn't actually have any stock. We just had three prototypes that we were just pitching, and it's much harder to try tell someone, yeah, no, the game is definitely amazing, but unfortunately you can't buy it. You were on the panel this year with uh, giving out advice to Kickstarter uh, wannabes and um, new people in the industry, um, yes. and you were on the panel with some industry big hitters, like the guys from Devium, uh, the CEO of Panda, um, Edifius Games. How did you find that experience of going from your first Kickstarter to being on the panel giving advice to your sort of peers, as it were? Are you suggesting that I'm not also a big hitter? I think you're an incredible big hitter. <laughs> you know, we're, no, we're not. Both of you can be incredibly successful. It was, 
was uh, an honour to be asked to be on that panel. I didn't expect that really. It was, uh, <laughs> I always say we're a, a, a tiny company hoping to become small, so we're not quite in the league of better <laughs> people. But no, it was great. It was excellent. Um, I mean, you know, for I'm always happy to share what little I know about about the process. Um, and I was there representing the kind of upstart, uh, I think, category. Someone who's very recently been on the first few steps of that journey from having an idea, bringing it to the world through Kickstarter. Great stuff. And so, you, I mean, you're on the panel there with uh, John Bruton from Estevia. Did uh, was it Estevia you worked with previously, Tom? I did. Yes. Uh, before. I left, I think, before John joined, so I sort of, think we really crossed over, but yes, I did used to work there, I worked there for 10 years. Uh, maybe you could tell us a bit more about that, and so maybe how your um, work there and your experience sort of led to a natural progression, maybe, to board game design and publishing? Yeah, I, I, I was very privileged, very lucky to have worked there for so long. Um, it's really set me up in good stead for what, for what I'm doing now, um, running my own publisher. They're Stevian, for those who don't know, they're a distributor. They're also part of the Asmodee group, who is a publisher. So working there, I got good um, experience of, of the distribution and the publishing side of, of how things work. But the, well, the main thing that I benefited from, I think, is my role was I was on the buying team. And the buying team, as you may know, goes around to the shows and conventions and so on around the world and looks at the latest releases from new publishers and tries new games, etc. Yeah. And chooses which ones they go to work on and bring into the UK and distribute. So through that process, I was exposed to, you know, near enough every game released in the last decade um, and met lots of the creators and so on. So that is something that is hard, hard you can't buy that really. That's a really good experience and um, that definitely informs uh, things I learned during those years, definitely inform everything I do now. So yeah, very happy to have that. For sure. Okay. And, and of course, that's what led to uh, your game, Escape the Dark Castle. Could you give us an overview, like a sort of elevator pitch for the game? Yes, of course. So Escape the Dark Castle is a simple, atmospheric storytelling game for one to four players. Um, it's fully cooperative, and you play non-heroic medieval prisoners trying to escape um, a castle full of horrors, traps, and challenges. Let's talk about the first case. Like the one that's currently active now is the actual reprint for the game with a bunch of expansion content as well. Uh, but we'll come to that in a second. Your first Kickstarter, you racked up an impressive... 2,119 backers and £87,814, which is hugely impressive for a first outing on Kickstarter. What, could you talk to us about your experience of running that Kickstarter and how you drew such a big crowd you know, from the outset? Yeah, we were very happy with that. Um, obviously, for, for our first one, it's always a nervous time when you're preparing to, to launch your first one. Um, I've been talking to a lot of other publishers who've been through something similar and it's, um, it, it, it's how it goes. But... Um, we were really happy, most of all, most uh, really happy with that number of backers there. The, the amount, um, as I've said before, the amount is good, but what's really important to us, especially as a new company, you know, forging a reputation name for ourselves, is the number of backers and the, the community that we create through this project. Um, and that's what we're most proud of. And that, that community has you know, been the foundation of, of the year we had since then, and um, they are now the foundation of this new campaign that we're doing. Um, but no, it was... Doing Kickstarter was a fantastic experience. Um, it exceeded our expectations um, in every way, and um, but it was you know it was brilliant, and we'll definitely we we knew straight away that we'd be back on Kickstarter again uh, because it's a wonderful platform to use. 
it's excellent for connecting with the audience, right? Because you get that direct feedback from all of your backers there. So Exactly. We made these connections, made this community during that Kickstarter journey, but it continues. You know, the, the Kickstarter continues long after the campaign itself ends, you know, because you've made those ties now and you can stay in touch with those people and get feedback from them over the course of the next 12 months, which is exactly what we've done. And all of that feedback we're um, sort of acting on now as we move forward. Well, could you talk to us about that feedback then? Because the game itself has had... Uh an 8 out of 10 rating on Board Game Geek. So could you talk to us about how the game's been received since its initial launch? Yeah, well, we're, you know, again, we're very fortunate that we've had fantastic um, feedback, both from the gaming press uh, and, and through reviews and so on, and through our feedback from players and, and our community. Um, we've had uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 press reviews, and all, I think all but two of them have been really, really positive. Um, so it's going down very well, and as I said, they were always our most important thing is what do the players think, what does our community think, and they have also rated it very highly. And yes, there's an 8 out of 10 rating on Board Game Geek, which is nice. Um, that is only from a few hundred people, but we have a lot of other feedback that we get sort of sent directly to us that, that you wouldn't necessarily see, and which has lovely stories of how people are actually using and enjoying the game within the community. So you've got people saying it's the game that convinced their non-gamer partner to finally play board games, or they use it to as an alternative to a bedtime story with their kids, or we've got a, an English teacher who uses it in his creative writing lessons, and there's even a psychotherapist who uses it in, in, in their sessions. So it's fantastic to get that sort of feedback, um, and the reception's been far beyond what we expected. That is brilliant. I mean, I've played it with my wife and son, and we obviously really enjoy it. It's a great little storytelling game that is accessible as well, like it's uniquely accessible, and it takes maybe 15 to 20 minutes to play as well. So you get that whole narrative focus within a, a short burst of time and then you can just set up and play again if you have the time or like you say play it as um, almost an alternative bedtime story type situation yeah and um, yeah. the game itself is obviously the art style is this very unique stark black and white style i think you guys called it uncompromising in the uh, in the kickstarter description there i'm guessing was it inspired by the old fight and fantasy game books or maybe a bit of the old uh, first edition dungeons and dragons yeah, so it, it, that's a huge part of the project, a huge part of the game. It was something that really was, I could say, was the original inspiration for the game, was this art style. And it's a style that was used, it's reminiscent of early Games Workshop products and early D&D and some of the kind of game books you got in the 80s, like Fighting Fantasy and so on, which is obviously part of, another part of what, what the game is based on. Um, but we just, you know, we, we felt as a creative team that that art style it doesn't exist on the market anymore and it's got, sort of gone out of fashion a little bit but for us it, it's no less valid a style it's, it's an excellent really cool way of doing artwork that just nobody does it anymore um, and we wanted to try and bring that back and recapture some of that atmosphere which is essentially a kind of spirit of adventure and a kind of creepy cranky way um, which is just isn't done anymore and we love it and we, we loved it then we still love it now so we decided to put it back on the market with our own game I think you've proven that there's definitely a market for it. The, the relaunch Kickstarter is uh, over two hundred thousand pounds now with two thousand eight hundred backers. So you've got new backers, you've got new people that tell about the game, but you've also got many returning backers as well. So could you tell us what this second campaign offers that the first campaign didn't? We are funding three new expansions for the game. So the game to date is the core game and one expansion, which we call our, we call our expansions adventure packs. 
So, so far you have the base game and Adventure Pack 1. This new campaign is for two more Adventure Packs, Adventure Packs 2 and 3, um, and also for something that we call the Collector's Box, which is a large, big box, kind of organizer storage system to store your whole collection, everything we've made to date, and even space for some new stuff that we'll be doing in future. Um, so that's what it what it brings, but it, you know, the campaign, we really geared it sort of shaped it and wrote it towards new players again because we knew that even though the first campaign was so good we really haven't reached as many people as we as we can um, and as we want to um, so there's been I think actually there are more new people joining this campaign than there are returning backers or, or about 50-50 um, so yeah it's really a perfect chance for newcomers to get in they can get everything from the original campaign plus all the new stuff or any combination um, that they can imagine in the middle that's a nice healthy split there of uh, new and returning backers then spreading the yeah. word about the game. What um, lessons have you learned between the initial Kickstarter and this new one? Is, is there anything that you're doing differently, for example? We are a very new company, obviously. Right? We're just uh, about two years old now. Um, we're learning all the time. And even through the after the both of these uh, successful Kickstarters, we've still got a lot to learn. And there's still things we can improve on. But would you like to think they've been good campaigns? I think something we learned... Um, on the first one was just how much planning and preparation you really need to do. I mean, it's, you know, we are we're a game design studio, so most of what we do is creative. But when it comes to these campaigns, there is so much preparation and planning needed. And when you're running a Kickstarter, it's very tempting, and you will get calls from your community to do things on the fly. For example, they might want you to add new stretch goals at the last minute or, or change things about the product, and it can be very tempting to sort of acquiesce and say, yeah, great, we're going to do that. Um, and if you do, you can get yourself into trouble. Yeah, each um, of those is going to add a delay to the project fulfillment, right? Well, it, could, it can do. It can do. And I know some publishers kind of plan things in advance and then unveil them halfway through, perhaps in a sort of pseudo-spontaneous sort of way, but we haven't done that so far. I mean, this second campaign, we planned it out from the start, and we're sticking to what we planned, because we know that will allow us to, you know, do what, fulfill what we've promised. And I think at this stage in our, in our, in our life as a company, we really want to keep our promises and, and do what we say we're going to do when we're going to do it. And uh, we've learned that the best way to do that is to make a solid plan and stick to it. Cool. Okay. And could you talk to us about your so your roles within the team? Is it the three of you at Themeborn there? Uh, well, yes, that that's right. I mean, the the three of us that you mentioned—that's myself, uh, Tom Pike, Alex Crispin, and James Shelton. The three of us are co-designers of Escape the Dark Castle. Alex Crispin is the also in addition to being co-designer is the artist and illustrator and graphic designer, which is obviously you know a big big deal for us with this game. Um, and James in addition to being co-designer, directed our fantastic uh, 80s-style VHS video trailer, um, which I don't know if you've seen, but if you haven't, have a look. Um, it's lovely old-school, grainy, a sort of homage to the old HeroQuest TV advert from, from uh, when we were kids. Yeah, definitely want to um, check so that. Can, Yeah, yeah, and, um, I, and I do most of the writing um, and that kind of stuff on the, on the creative side as well as being co-designer. Between the three of us, we, we kind of have a good spread of different skills to make up a good creative team. Do you have like a, a third type of game mechanic that you default to when you're designing? Or is there anything, what excites you most about games when you're designing? Theme and atmosphere. And that's that's why the company is called... Theme what it's called? <laughs> um, theme born, yeah. Everything that we do is carried by the theme, carried, you know, carried, carried by the atmosphere, born by those things. And that's um, always a starting point for us. It's about... So we, we, the way we approach game design is that we're, this is the entertainment business and we're, we're making something that's supposed to be 
entertaining and fun and immersive and interesting, all these things that games can be, but aren't always. Um, and as a team of, or actually just as three friends, we sort of would play a lot of games and wouldn't really ever quite feel there was one that, that pressed the right buttons for us, and that's why we set out to design the game we did. And it all started with the theme and atmosphere of recapturing this this kind of cranky 80s adventure that we've just felt was missing from the market, as I said. Um, and that was what we all wanted to do, but we couldn't find a game that would let us do it. So we made our own, um, to, coin, to, you know, to use that phrase. Yeah, um, found a niche and, and filled it with your own imagination, basically. Yeah. Exactly, and so it didn't, doesn't really start with mechanics for us, it starts with what do we want the experience to be, and then we will move forward into, well, what sort of mechanics will facilitate and, and um, you know, encourage that sort of experience uh, for the player, um, and hopefully the mechanics will just sort of move aside and let them just feel like they're going on this great adventure, which I think, from based on our feedback, is what we've succeeded in doing, so I'm very happy about that. Obviously, you guys get together and you play games. What are your favourite games? What What would Tom Pike play at home on a, a, a weekly game night? Well, it's D and D, really. It's it's, it's yeah. you know the classic role playing game that um, allows you to do what you want, <laughs> and that that's the only thing that the three of us could find that we would consistently all three of us enjoy because we all have slightly different tastes but when you're playing a game like that um, especially as designers that we are now you, you're given the freedom that's what's wonderful about all role-playing games but and D&D as well you're given the freedom to structure the game and the rules and the, and the experience to, to, to your tastes um, so that is what we would, would play on a free night but frankly there's nothing that, when you've got a Kickstarter on and you've got a game line to develop like as we are we haven't got time to play much else <laughs> unfortunately it does eat up your free time right? it does yes and so outside of D&D and speaking more on like the board game card game sort of um, variety are there any that you're specifically excited about perhaps in the future once the Kickstarter settles down is there any particular games that you're looking forward to or maybe more accurately, it'd be a D and D module or something. I, I don't know if there is, honestly. Um, we've been so—I I can't tell you how buried we are by <laughs> um, our focus on this project. Um, that it's a bit of a disappointing answer. Sorry, but <laughs> okay. I, I have no idea what else exists in the world apart from my company in this project at the moment. <laughs> That's how dedicated we are to this. It's a huge bad. time consumer, isn't it? Running the Kickstarter and, and staying on top of the comments that, and everything. It, it is, and that, that's putting it mildly. Um, so, so, yeah, sorry to disappoint. I, I don't know what <laughs> else it will happen after. The, I can't see beyond the end of this campaign. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, what are your upcoming plans for future projects? But I guess uh, escaping the Dark Castle is going to be your biggest priority at the moment. Well, that, I can answer that. So that that's a bit different. That's because that's not um, about my free time. That's about uh, what the company's going to do, and I do know that. Cool. Um, so we, as a team, we have a lot more to do, a lot more that we want to do. Yeah. Escape the Dark Castle is game one, and we thought we'd already be doing game two by now, but Escape the Dark Castle was so successful that we decided to develop that line instead of moving on. Um, we thought it was too soon to change the subject uh, as, as, as a company, as a team, when we're having this success. So we're sticking with Dark Castle for the foreseeable future, but we have plans to do many more games. I mean, I think on our drawing board, we have something like 10 good game ideas that we'd like to do, um, and games two and three, and I'm, I can't see what they are at all, but 
games two and three, I can say our game two especially is very, very far along in development. We started that before Escape the Dark Castle went to its first Kickstarter, so we're very far along on, on developing that one. Um, so that will probably be something that we'll be revealing in 2019 at some point. Beyond that, we have lots of games and lots of exciting projects that we can't wait to get stuck into. Um, but we're a small team, so one thing at a time. We're not going to rush and try and get them all out and do them all half, you know, half cut. We're going to do them one at a time, in good time. There's no rush, and we'll make each one great. Sounds good. Yeah, give the Dark Castle a chance to breathe and, and settle first. Absolutely. Um, and, and what I would say is actually, I'm not sure if we've really marketed it this way yet, but Escape the Dark Castle is the first game in the Escape the Dark series. Okay. So it's Escape the Dark Castle, and of course that means there can be Escape the Dark something else, and there's lots of different directions and exciting opportunities that we've got now, because we've built this base system, the Escape the Dark system, and fans of that can look forward to more games in the Escape the Dark series in future. So you could have, for example, an Escape the Dark spaceship, or perhaps veer off into a different theme entirely, maybe? There's pl- so many different directions we could go that, yeah, that, that's, you know, it's very <laughs> exciting. And is game number two going to be a, a big departure from this kind of game, then? Or yes. Is, yes. Yeah. yeah, we are not a, a, a one-game company, or I'd like to think that we're not. Um, so we've got something completely different in mind for game two. Of course, we've established this Escape the Dark series now, so we'll always be revisiting that in, on the kind of regular intervals to add new new stuff to that line. Let's keep that. That will always be a supported line for us. Um, but yes, next game, something completely different. Something completely different, but you're keeping your cards close to your chest on that one, by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, something we don't do. We don't make announcements or reveal anything until it's pretty much certain that that's what's going to happen or that's what it's going to be. That's just the way we play it. Okay, well then, in that case, all that remains to be said is uh, to thank you so much for your time, Tom, and congratulate you once again on the success of both Kickstarters. And remind our listeners that Escape the Dark Castle is available now on Kickstarter, along with all three of the expansion packs that have been added to the campaign, which I know I'm going to be jumping in on. And, um, yeah, thank you once again for, for coming on and speaking to us on board Chitless, Tom. All the best with everything. Thank you very much, and thanks to all our backers. If any of them are listening, for all of your support, we wouldn't be here without you. We won't forget that. Thanks very much.